ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming. Yo, yo, beautiful people. How's it going? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. And as you know, still a lot of interesting things going on in the world from many different fronts. In my opinion, we have 50% of the people who are questioning what is going on and we have 50% of people who are still walking around with their sort of following the, following the sheep, sort of say. But as I mentioned in the last podcast I did, that over the next couple of weeks and days I'm going to be recording four or five conversations that is all related to what is going on currently in the world now I want to attack all different angles I'm going to have a few different alternative doctors on I'm also going to have um, some different perspectives from um, an, an economical and a spiritual and a psychological perspective of all the things that are interplaying in society at the moment with COVID-19 and how that is interacting with with our whole lives so like i said i'm going to have some alternative doctors on to attack the narrative that we're not being told and also including this conversation to deal with max egan in particular max as you will see is very outspoken he is um he does not hold no punches that's to say the least he really does go straight into the deep end and that's what i love about max i think we should allow everyone to have their opinion and to to question and bring knowledge that is alternative and is on the fringe because some of the things that we talk about in this podcast today with Max we talk about everything from social distancing we talk about people waking up um, the psychological perspective of social distancing we talk about a different medical perspective of what's going on with the virus we talk about um, the trade new new legislations and new things that have been passed while this is going on we talk about how our freedoms are being took beneath our feet as this um crazy times goes on censorship of information as you know guys um, and freedom of speech as max has also had a lot of his youtube videos took down we talk about even vaccines we talk about bill gates in this one and we also talk about ask the question what is the solution to how can we as a people how can we all come together and as a community how can we really make a stand for what is going on in the world now so as you will as you will see in this podcast this one is really packed full a lot of stuff this one was recorded on online as i said the next few podcasts i have three or four podcasts that will be out in the next one week or two weeks all going to be related to what's going on in the world they're going to be all on online as the current situation dictates as you know but in a few weeks time i will be back out on the road and i'll be doing in-person podcasts i promise you that I've said to myself that I'm only going to do these last four or five podcasts online that are coming up and that is all I'm going to do. I want to head back out and get the richness back going again of of the in-person conversations because the richness of them conversations are much better and it really does bring such more um, a much 
more better element to the conversations in my opinion so keep an eye out for that guys there's a lot happening in the world and i'm really trying to do my best to bring you the best guests and that's why over the next few days and weeks i have highlighted these five guests who i want to um to to bring bring to you guys and highlight of different perspective of what is going on in the world now so after that after i've done them four or five podcasts I will get back on to talking about some other topics, but I just feel that over the next few next few days and weeks, it is really crucial, in my opinion, to really educate some people who might not have, have heard the other perspective of what's going on in the world, because we are only being fed one perspective, as you know, guys, by the media. So that is all I'm seeing anyway. All will make sense in a few weeks' time. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Max. Max Egan is an activist. He's from, he's a, he's from Australia. He was somebody who I came across in my early days when I was about 14 or 15 years old and I was looking into the money system and sort of the, the control grid and the matrix that is going on on the planet. So Max has been is, is someone who's very vocal. He is an alternative researcher. Um, and like I said, this is a cool podcast. I'm sure you will like it anyway. So enjoy this conversation with Max. If you can, guys, check out the one-off donation option or the Patreon page. Some of you guys have been doing that lately and it really helps me to keep doing what I'm doing. Helps me to keep this alternative platform going because at times, guys, it really is getting harder now. It really is getting harder to to bring alternative topics to people with the censorship of information. So if you can, guys, find it in your heart, support something that is good in the world and support something that is helping your minds, that's all I'm going to say. Peace out. Are you ready? We're ready to dive in. We'll just jump in with it if you want. We'll get straight to the dive straight in the deep yeah, end. All good. Yeah, cool. All good, bro. Yeah, it's it's good to finally actually get around to do a podcast because, like I've, I've said, I spoke to you many times um, off the podcast that we're we're going to try and do this in person. But I'm just so glad that we've we've been able to have a conversation today because, as you know, there's a a lot of very interesting um, stuff going on in the world for sure, and I know that you've been very vocal about that as well. Um, it's really interesting because with regards to social distancing, they were speaking about how it was going to be for two weeks. Now we're in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Now we're in two months. They're speaking about how this could go on for two two years, which is absolutely insane to say the least. Um, I would love for you just to maybe just to start this to speak about your thoughts around social the social distancing side, because in my opinion, that's the probably the best place to start because it really has gone crazy to say the least. It has, and actually the talk coming out of the WHO now is that they believe it will take five years to contain the virus. So, you know, it's crazy. I mean, and the social distancing and the vaccinations is what this is all about. You know, it's about separating people from each other. It's about uh, removing humanity from humankind, um, removing all physical contact from people. Uh, training kids to do this, I mean, what they're bringing in the schools is is uh, tantamount to psychological abuse of children, basically. Uh, little dots they've got to stand on, little lines they can't walk across. They've got to wash their hands for 20 seconds every time they enter the schoolroom. Um, this sort of stuff destroys your immune system. You know, the, 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 um, the separation is, it's about surveillance, but it's also about isolating people 
from each other. Same as the, the wearing of masks. You know, this is, this is about shaming people, you know, covering up your face. You can't smile at people. You can't communicate with people. So removing all social contract, you'll find a lot of people who wear masks have their heads bowed down at the same time because it's a, it's a shaming thing, you know. Um, and when you're wearing these masks, it's actually quite bad for your immune system. You, you uh, put an immense strain on, the, on your body because you're, you're expelling toxins and viruses and bacteria all day from your mouth and common, you know, trying to get out of your body just in the spit when you're talking. And this all gathers in your mask and then you're breathing all that viral load back into your body. So you're uh, really damaging your immune system. Also, by washing your hands too much, you can damage your immune system. I mean, all this sort of stuff is designed to make us sick not only physically, but also psychologically, you know, and you know, the surveillance system works much better. Of course, everybody's 1.5 to two meters apart, but it isn't just the surveillance. It's the, the psychological isolation and the physical isolation. You know, forget about um, falling in love and getting married for any kids of the future, any of that sort of stuff. You'd have to be two meters apart from everybody. You can fall in love online, and they'll probably create a, a uh, sex robot that looks like the person you fell in love with that you can then purchase to um, have your affair. That way you can probably interface with it, with the whole neural link they want to set up. You know, but it, it's all about the vaccines and it's about this social distancing. That's what it's all about. The vaccines are going to be all important. You know, I was um, talking to Dr. Andrew Kaufman a little bit earlier, just a couple of hours ago, and he said that the vaccine is actually designed to alter our DNA, permanently alter our DNA. And there's also uh, another side of it. There's this stuff called hydrogel, which is a DARPA uh, weapons thing that they're working on. Hydrogel is implantable gel that will go into your body. It will literally fuse with your cells and become part of your biology. And then it will replicate. And it you know, could basically take over your own uh, biology and replace your own biology. And it can bond into anything, into any cell, into bone, into any tissue. You know, and it, it's, it's capable of sending and receiving signals. You know, it's a uh, very insidious stuff. This will be the interface that they use to connect us up to the AI grid. And they want um, all children that are um, born, they don't want any more normal children born. They want all the kids that are born to be injected with this hydrogel and hooked up to AI straight away, which will um, measure their biometrics and all sorts of stuff, you know. So it's, it's pretty drastic what they're doing. And it's, uh, that, that's what the whole thing's been about. The whole COVID-19 pandemic, the whole virus itself, doesn't even exist. It, it's just a smokescreen for all of the legislation, all the rules I want to bring in place. The social distancing, the, the, um, you know, the separation of people. That's what it's all about. You know, look, look at the response plan. All you've got to do is go to the World Economic Forum and look at their COVID response plan which is that big spider diagram that goes layers, it goes 32 layers deep. I mean, this is a response to a virus that we didn't know about until the beginning of the year. This must have taken years to set up this response plan. This is not, not just a few things you worked out, you know, and they've had everything in place, you know, the robot dogs for social distancing, you know, roll out all the stuff to, um, you know, put all the lines on the, on the floors and all that sort of stuff. The, um, what they've done to Abu Dhabi airport, the new um, thermal reading booths where you get scanned when you go through and biometrics and facial recognition, all this stuff's been rolled out as a response to COVID, but all of this stuff would have taken years to develop. So, you know, it, it's a smokescreen for locking the entire world down into a very, very tightly controlled police state. 
and to bring blanket vaccination with everybody to link everybody up to AI. So we've got <clears throat> biometric readings on everybody and you can switch people's credit on and off and just basically control everybody, remove cash, get people scared of cash, get people scared of even talking or touching other people. You know, the stuff they're doing in the school rooms, you know, like you've got to be able to stay two meters apart. This is like grade, grade one. All the kids have got to stay two meters apart from the other kids. This is in Canada. And the teacher's got to stay two, week, two meters apart from them unless they need to come over to you to do something. If they do, then they will put a mask on and put gloves on to come over to you. So no human contact. They're even telling you that you need to, um, if you're going to be bringing yogurt or sandwiches or stuff to school, you need to get your mother to open it and put it in a Tupperware container because you don't want to be opening or touching your food with your hands before you eat it. So, you know, removing all physical contact, all organic contact, you've got to have gloves to touch anything. Your total physical isolation from, from the real world and from the environment and total psychological isolation. This is what it's all about and it's, it's, it's cruel. And when you see the measures they're putting in place in these schools, like what I saw in uh, Quebec, Canada, which I'm going to include in my next video clip, um, you know, these, these teachers that are putting this in place, these people, this is psychological abuse of children and they shouldn't be allowed to be anywhere near children and parents should not be sending their children to these establishments and any politician that has enacted this type of legislation, putting these sort of measures in place is also guilty of psychological abuse of children is in a breach of their duty of care is an abuse of the office that they hold and should be removed and held accountable for their actions. Every one of them, you know, I, I fully would say that the response that the governments of the world have shown to this alleged pandemic, which has killed less people than the seasonal flu, um, constitutes a crime against humanity and humanity needs to push back. It's as simple as that it is. It's a crime against humanity, all these measures. And every politician that supports it needs to be held out and called out for this. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. And um, when you were speaking before about the, the medical side of things, about standing uh, two meters apart, it's really interesting because even some of the leading doctors in the world now are coming out and speaking about how, from a med medical perspective, if you look at that situation of, of social distance two meters apart, it actually causes more um, disharm to the human body because even Dan Erickson speaks about how as human beings, our bodies are made up of millions and millions of microbes. And these microbes only um, evolve by actually interacting with other microbes when you come close in contact with other people. So it's really interesting how people actually think by social distancing, you're actually um, creating a greater health for your body, but you're actually not. You're actually, it's a detriment to your health. So it's just really interesting. When you mentioned before about also the, the psychological aspect as well, I think that's really interesting because what I've noticed, especially um, in the UK where I live, I mean, in um in the place in the world that i grew up in the north of england a lot of children tend to play outside and stuff and a lot of children outside now aren't on interacting with kids and things like that but you can if you go for a walk down the street you can see them sort of you can see the kids in the back gardens and, and shouting over to the back gardens and stuff what's really interesting is that what i've noticed is that there seems to be already a deep imprint of psychology in child's minds where they are already aware of these sort of these deeper aspects of what's going on and I don't think we really understand as a civilization how in even one year and two years and three years, how the impact of, of, of creating that boundary between children is going to affect their, psycho their deeper levels of psychology. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this is why they want to extend the lockdown and they're saying it may take five years because it takes five years to get through, you know, like elementary school, primary school, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, you know, the first five years of schooling, they get your kids in there and they train them to this. Then you've got these nice little spies that you send out into your home that ensure that their parents are social distancing and all this sort of stuff. Uh, becomes, you know, the way the brown shirts were in, in World War II where people were all terrified of their children. You just got to read Orwell where he talks about this in 1984, how people were terrified of their children because they would come home and enforce all the rules that had um, put into their minds at school, you know. And we've got situations now where the parents can't even enter the school ground. They're not able to. And as soon as the kids get in there, it's fully regimented. They're fully being turned into robots. You've got to stand on the dot. You've got to be two metres apart from everyone. You know, you're going to have masks and be taught to wash your hands for 20 seconds every time you enter a, a school building and all of this sort of stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy what, what they're going to do to the minds of these children. And parents really need to be aware of this. And, you know, not only that, like I said, we've, we've got to push back because this is a crime against humanity. And if we allow this to happen, then, you know, we're, we're going to lose all humanity. Any aspect of humanity will simply be unallowed. It won't be allowed. It'll be, it will become fully merged with the machine. And, you know, we'll, to a great degree, I, I would suspect many people will simply become compliant to it once they have the vaccine. I mean, if they put this hydrogel in the vaccine, what sort of stuff are they feeding into people? I mean, we're electromagnetic beings. All our thought processes and our mental processes, it's all electromagnetic. So what can they put in there? You know, what are they doing with this stuff and how are they modifying us? And, you know, did they ever even ask permission? You know, did we ever ask to be modified? You know, if you want, if people want to be hooked up to a mainframe or whatever, sure, that's a decision they can make. But what about the people who don't want to do that? That's the thing. And you've got these psychopaths at the top who just have this vision for what they think the world should look like, which is essentially them enjoying everything and everyone else being these transsexual drones who never touch each other or touch anything you know, all completely, um, you know, inhibited and, and compromised in their immune system and just completely enslaved to the system. I mean, what we're heading into with this type of surveillance and this type of biometric intrusive surveillance and the, the type of intrusive surveillance you're getting from this hydrogel, this would be worse than any type of prison that anybody ever went into. This would be worse than 1984 or, or a brave new world or any of this sort of stuff. I mean, this is beyond beyond imagination it's beyond the evil what these people want to do so we have to push back we absolutely have to refuse what's coming and and um wake people up to what's happening you know it's it's going to end up in a in a complete hunger games type society but unfortunately the ones who who are outside of the system simply won't have access to anything it's even doubtful we'll have access to the internet to be able to spread this word anymore if we don't comply and all this is rolling out very very quickly so, you know, people need to become aware, brother, and they did need to get really, really active. And, um, you know, I've been, since I, I took time off in December, I thought I, I needed to stop the radio shows, which were once a week, have a bit of time off after doing it for 12, 13 years. And since then, I mean, I've been putting out reports like every day and sometimes twice a day and putting out six or seven times as much um, material as I ever have simply because of, of what they've done and how quickly this is rolling out. You know, and there's a big awakening happening with it. You know, in many ways, I think that um, I think they're stumbling. In many ways, I think they're in fear that there was too much of an awakening happening. You know, with um, with the Epstein thing and, and Prince Andrew. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on that people were waking up to the fact that this system is a is a complete farce. And uh, I think they've had to push this out very very quickly. And in many ways, they're they're uh, red pilling the whole world. You know, like I've always said, people wouldn't wake up until it really came to their backyard. And now it kind of is in everybody's backyard. So, 
you know, a lot of people are getting it. I'm, I'm surprised at how many people are. And, uh, but, but it's, it's what to do, you know, people, um, you know, we, we've just got to stop complying with it. I think is the best way. I mean, I don't know, form grand juries, whatever. If, if we can't get any legal remedy through the system itself, then perhaps we should do it ourselves with, with, um, um, you know, common law courts and grand juries and whatever, but the communities need to come together on this and realize just what they're being led into. It's, it's extremely important that they do. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. It's really interesting how you said that so many more people are waking up now because I'm definitely seeing it as well. And whether that's a symptom of, of like you said, people sort of being pushed down in a corner and eventually when people do get pushed in a corner, they eventually, they do have to sort of have some sort of bite back. Because it does seem to be that more my close friends and stuff like that, more and more people now are, because this this whole situation is going on, it's actually causing them to to reevaluate their whole not from a, not not just from a, um, a physical level but also from a psychological perspective reassess their whole lives when you um were speaking before as well about non-compliance that's really interesting within the system because um i think it was i'm sure it's a, a philosopher called book mr filler i think it's called i kind of pronounce that name but he, he speaks about how he has an amazing quote where he says something along the lines about how the best way to beat the system is to, to is to build a new one that that renders the old system completely obsolete and I definitely think that that's, in my opinion, I do feel that eventually that's what we need to do. We need to create new systems that that actually support um, flourishing ecosystems, create new systems that that actually provide um, healthy sort of um, healthy healthy structures for people to actually flourish and not not sort of support the the, the support the few and not the many. But I think that the beautiful thing is is that, like you said, that more people are waking up to this and more people are coming to terms that 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 the, the, the people who do want to pull the strings on the planet are the, are the few and we are the many. Before you said something interesting about um, when you were speaking in terms of, um, oh, what was it you were saying again? Um, yeah, yeah, that's what you're speaking about in terms of censorship of information because at the minute on the planet, when we look at censorship of information, I know that you've been, uh, you've been at the back end of this as well. My podcast has also been at the back end of this. But information on a mass scale at the moment is really starting to be censored. What's your general thoughts around that? Because it seems to be at the moment some strings are getting pulled. Where, I mean, in in, in general as well. I mean, if we look at the the analogy and use a metaphor of the you know the burning of Alexander, the books. It's very it's a very similar thing. What's going on now? But it's sort of a technological war that's going on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, know, I said this years ago. Even even uh, the fact that digitising all the books is is like a book burning. It's like a modern day book burning. They're getting rid of all the libraries and all the old material and all the old literature. They're putting it all online, which means they can change any of it. And all they've got to do is, is unplug you, and you don't have access to it. You know. And now they're going back and changing things. I mean, Wikipedia. Look at that. I mean, anybody can go in and edit Wikipedia, turn it into whatever you want. You know, so they're always updating that and changing changing history, if you will. You know, so yeah, I mean, the control of information is, is tantamount for them to be able to get away with what they're doing, you know, paramount to, for them to be able to do it. I mean, and when you look at it, if you look at the connections there to, you know, US senators and who actually runs YouTube, um, who the fact checkers are that they use for all these things, these are, you know, it's all, all one big happy family. It looks like little subsidiary companies. You know, this company or YouTube may employ these fact checkers, but you'll find they all work for Google. They all work for the same people ultimately. You know, and it, sometimes they're even related by blood. You know, there's mothers and daughters involved and 
all sorts of people. So, you know, it's all about controlling the information. And I'm, I'm getting so much stuff. I get at least two videos a week deleted from YouTube. Uh, I got kicked off Facebook completely. And, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to stop the spread of information because there is so many people waking up. I mean, even even normal doctors are having their uh, videos deleted from YouTube, like Dr. Erickson, simply because he's offering uh, an opinion on virology and, and microbiology. And he's, he's, a, he's a doctor. You know, he can offer you an opinion on immunology and it's a, it's a relevant opinion because he's a doctor. And yet they'll delete it from YouTube because it's not going with what the mainstream media is telling you. And it's the mainstream media that's driving most of this. You know, the politicians are kind of doing what they're, they're told, but it's the media that's pushing all this stuff about you've got to wash your hands and you've got to do this and spreading the whole fear of coronavirus and the fear of anybody touching anybody else, you know. And when the second wave comes, you'll find there will be a second wave. I mean, they've been rolling out 5G. And even with all the, the social distancing and, and the masks and all this sort of stuff, there'll be some sort of second wave. And it will be uh, related more to children, I would say. There's all sorts of stuff being pushed out now. There's a, a mystery rash that they're finding in the United States now, which they believe must be coronavirus-related, COVID-19 related. And this was a respiratory system, a respiratory disease, we were told, that attacks the lungs. And now it's manifested as this mystery rash in children and yet they've rolled out and they've put 5g all around the place while we've been all locked down they've been working on this hydrogel they've been you know putting the, the y gig routers in all the schools so you know very likely they'll release you know relax the lockdown a little bit and let us all get get back to normal a little bit but they'll keep the social distancing in place and then there'll be the second wave and they'll lock us down even more than what we were before and that's what the goal is yeah, and there's going to be so many people suffer from this if we don't nip it in the bud. You know, just the breakdown of the supply chains is a really important thing that a lot of people aren't even looking at with all of this. You know, the, the fact that the um, supermarket shelves are not going to be that full in countries like the United States and many places in the Middle East. We're going to have food shortages around here. You're going to have food shortages everywhere, but most especially in the United States and countries in Northern Africa and the Middle East you find that there's going to be uh, massive food problems in these places. And this is another result of, you know, what's happened here. You know, you can see all the airlines being um, nationalized as well. So many airline companies have gone broke and the airports have actually been repossessing the planes because they haven't paid their rent. So this will all become nationalized and the government will control it all. And you'll need vaccinations to fly, certificate of vaccinations, all sorts of stuff like they're putting in place in Dubai. They're putting a little fit to travel sticker on your on your passport once you've passed all the, the COVID tests and gone through all the thermal stuff and the biometric scanning and the temperature reading and the you know decontamination and the radiation and everything else they want to do to you you know it's crazy and then you know you've got to be set, sitting apart on the airlines so the airlines are only going to carry probably one third of the passengers they, they did so air travel will become extremely expensive anyway yeah, it may be cheap at the moment because no one's doing it, but yeah, you know, there isn't anybody even really traveling, not really many airlines operating. So all that's going to become very, very expensive, very, very elitist and uh, all very, very separated and all very, very distant. You'll need gloves and a mask to go within two meters of anybody if they can run this out the way they want to run it out. So yeah, we got we got to push back, brother. we got to push back. Um, but like you say, a lot of people are getting it. I don't, I don't think they're going to, 
get away with it. We've got people doing um, common law courts and, and talking about this, lots of meetings happening here. There's lots of pushback, lots of protests all around the world. Um, the, the danger is in, in protesting now, um, like unless you can wake up a lot of people to come with you to do it, is that if they can um, create enough civil unrest, then the lockdown won't go away. And then, you know, fear will be the main weapon. You know, it's fear of the virus now. Uh, people are sort of losing that fear as less and less people are showing up dead. So, um, but if we, if it lapses into civil disobedience before they relax the lockdown, then they won't relax the lockdown and the fear will be of the system and it will just be open totalitarianism and they won't care from that point because people will already be isolated. So, yeah, but you can see why they want to keep it for five years though, you know, because that's how long it takes to get through primary school and, you know, through this, go through the scholastic system, put children into that scholastic system with this social distancing and, and fear of touching anybody else in place for five years and you've completely warped their minds for the rest of their lives. And that's your, that's your new um, absolutely subservient slaves who will be ruthlessly enforcing the, the will of the government on their parents and on the people around them um, from a, a very young age and being told if, they, you know, if their parents don't do what they're told, then that will constitute child abuse and they'll be able to report their parents and you know, the way they are. Now, kids have been already taught to report their parents for child abuse when you know, often a five-year-old doesn't know what child abuse is. It's simply being told that, you know, no, you shouldn't, shouldn't eat that dog turd or whatever, you know. So, um, you know, a young child has no real concept of what is actual child abuse. It isn't simply being not allowed to do something or being told you can't play games or something, you know. So, you know, when you give kids this type of power and it's programmed into them through five years in the indoctrination camp of social distancing, imagine what they're going to come out of school, what sort of mindset they're going to be in. It's horrific to think of what is being done to the human race through this all as a response to a pandemic. I mean, come on. I don't know how anybody can be buying into this, you know? Yeah, definitely. I heard it was really interesting. I heard a quote the other day and it said, if no one even taught you about the pandemic, would you even know there was one? Because it's, um, it's, it's really interesting if you ask yourself that question, if, the, if you hadn't watched the media, if no one had spoke about it, if there wasn't these large press conferences and talking about the pandemic, would you even know that anything was going on? Because I've asked myself that question. I, I wouldn't. I know a lot of my friends wouldn't. I know a lot of people listening to this wouldn't know. So it's just really interesting. When you were speaking before about the, um, the, the, kid, the kids aspect as well, sort of um, snitching on the parents and stuff, it's really interesting because in the UK at the moment, We've just sort of they've sort of um, they've they've sort of released the lockdown a little bit, but I, I've got theories around why they're doing that in regards to the second wave and stuff. But anyway, they've released the lockdown a lot more now, and it's interesting because at the moment there's still this, like you said, there's a lot of people waking up, but then there's about fifty percent of people who are still sort of in on, in lockdown in their own minds. And what's sort of happening now is this: there's this sort of divide between the people where people are socialising, going to the park, and playing with the friends or they're going on a bike ride or something. But then you've got 50% of people who are sort of causing controversy and asking them and sort of putting, putting social pressure on them and saying, why are, you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? So it seems like there's this, this play playing out where they're trying to pit people who aren't waking up against people who are waking up as well. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, and th this is who will get the blame. The people who, who yeah. went out and started enjoying themselves and trying to get back to life will be getting the ones who get the blame for the... Um, the uh the second wave and then those who did you know were lying sitting at home in fear 
will be quite happy for anything to happen to these people. You know, if you break the lockdown, they'd be quite happy for you to get arrested and thrown in jail and beaten or whatever. Oh, he deserved it. He didn't do what he was told, you know. Yeah. It's all to keep you safe, you know. So it's the programming. And when you get, like, kids that go through school, when it, when it starts to threaten the kids, and, and what they've done as well is they've started uh, putting out notices of employment looking for people who want to be uh, officers at, at children's quarantine camps in the United States. So they're intending on taking children and quarantining them, you know, and there was reports that came out of the WHO where they were talking about, we may need to, you know, it's been pushed back into the home. We may need to go to homes and start removing people from homes. And then there was a guy from Ventura County who said they were going to do that. Then there was a letter that circulated that said you had to be mandatory tested. And then a report came out to say, oh no, that letter's fake. But I would suggest that they actually do intend to do that. You know, if they're, if they're putting in these quarantine camps for children now, and the camps are for um, uh, people, children who may have been near someone who tested positive for COVID, right? So they can come into your home and test you COVID and your child doesn't test positive so they can take your child. And with these swab tests, I mean, they're not even testing for COVID. They're just testing for uh, this type of genetic material. I mean, Dr. Kaufman, I had him on the show earlier today, explained it perfectly what they're doing. I would suggest what they're really doing with these tests is they're collecting DNA from people. You know, it's a, they, want, they want to get everybody's DNA. That's why they want everybody tested because they want everybody's DNA. You know, and anybody can test positive. How, how do you know unless, unless, if they don't actually have a test, if they haven't actually isolated this virus and done all the things they're supposed to do to even um, get a proper test, then how can there, there even be a test? It doesn't make sense. So when you understand how the test works, you realize that it's not even testing for what they're telling you it's testing for. So how on earth is anybody testing positive? And if they are testing positive, then what on earth are they testing positive for? Because it certainly isn't COVID-19, you know? not according to the way they run this test. So, you know, the whole thing is a media-driven scam and it's about separating people from their children. They want the children. They want people to go in and, and be brainwashed into this new reality and then get rid of the older generations. Just let them die off. Let them starve, Bolshevism, the whole thing. Let them, just let them go. Let them become poor. Those who come into the smart grid, great. Once they're in there, we can... We can test them positive for COVID and take them off and kill them anyway. Just say they died from COVID, whatever. You know, get rid of all the old knowledge, all the old people, and they don't want any new children born into this new reality that are not fully plugged in from the moment they're born. And they, I don't even think they want people to breed from the next generation. They don't want any personal breeding. You can just donate your sperm, donate your eggs, and we'll cook you up a child in the exogenesis chamber. That's the way they want to do it. I don't even want women to get pregnant. I don't even want to um, do um, you know, artificial insemination and have women having babies and being pregnant. They want to grow them in exogenesis chambers. Then you can go pick up your child from the doctor. Order the child you want. They'll tailor it the way you want. You can go and pick it up. They'll implant it as soon as it's born, and then you bring it home. That's the way they want to run it. You know, so it's pretty hideous. It's, it's removing all humanity from humanity, as I said. And this is their response to, to a virus, was to kill all people and to just destroy all humanity as a response to a virus which doesn't appear to even exist so yeah i mean and it's so obvious man i don't know how anybody can't see it 
if they could just turn off their TV, I've often said, you know, if you, if you want the pandemic to go away, just, just shut down social media and turn off your TV and there's no pandemic. It's 100% media-driven bullshit. I even put out a, a YouTube clip, and that's what I called the YouTube clip. You know, COVID-19 is 100% media-driven bullshit, and it is. It's completely driven by the media. None of the doctors that you speak to um, believe it's real. And you've got a question as to why more doctors aren't speaking out. You know, I mean, that's the only, the only thing that's changed that you would notice was different in, in the world is that if you go to the hospitals, they're actually empty, far more yeah. empty than they ever were. And massive amounts of medical staff are being laid off. Seems pretty strange if there's actually a pandemic, wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. It's interesting before you when you're speaking about genetic material as well, because any any doctor out there would tell you by looking at genetic material, you're not actually you, you you're actually looking at a vast array of symptoms. You're not just looking at one thing because genetic. When you start looking at genetic material, you're looking at someone could have a sore ear, someone could have a, a cough, someone could have a broken leg, and that would even imply that that would that would come under the genetic material. And it's clear, it's evident to say that. I mean, there's a funny meme that's going around now at the minute where it says guy dies, uh, guy guy gets shot in the head 20 times, dies of COVID-19. So it's really interesting that there is even the people now are starting to understand that it's actually starting to turn into some sort of joke because it, re- it really is. And uh, I think more people are just starting to really are starting to see through the bullshit. Could you, I was wondering, uh, Max, if you could speak about the, the trace bill. I know you've spoke about this a few times. The, could you speak about the trace bill? The trace, the tracing situation. The trace bill, the trace bill. Yeah, well, Bill, bill HR 6666, you can't make this up. Um, well, this is what they'll be using to, to um, basically take people's children. That, that's the bill they'll be using to do it. You know, and it's all about contact tracing. This is what they want to do. And they're even talking, they want to trace, uh, there's a Rockefeller paper that came out, which actually um, came out in April. 2020 and it's rockefeller you know rockefellers are always out there to help us they're just such wonderful people but they're calling for um everybody all americans to be um i don't have it here but they're calling for all americans to be um tracked and and traceable it was in april this year so they want to put it in place they're they're putting uh, contact tracing on people's people's apps they want you to have a phone but once the vaccination comes in and they've got this hydrogel in the in the in the vaccination once you've got this little interface you won't won't matter if you've got a cell phone if you don't have a cell phone it'll be in this hydrogel because this hydrogel will go into your body will fuse with your genetics it will fuse with your own cells and it's it's actually a uh, an interface that, that sends and receives signals and it'll give off all your um, biometrics will be able to be picked up by, by whatever scanner they want to use to pick it up. You know, and the contact tracing, I mean, it's about just knowing who everybody is. And if anybody's a dissident, anybody speaks out, if they want to get rid of you, they can through your contact tracing, they can just say, well, look, you've got COVID, you tested positive for COVID. Oh, look, he died after testing positive for COVID. Didn't die of COVID, but he died after testing positive because we took him away and we put him on a ventilator and killed him. And then because you're a dissident, they can go through all your people that you came into contact with. Oh, look, he was close to that person for a while. Must have been having a conversation. Must be a friend. We need to go and test that guy positive for COVID as well. Then he'll disappear. And then anybody he might have spoken to can disappear. You know, it's a way of just finding everybody and getting rid of all the dissidents under the cloak of COVID. You know, getting rid of anybody who speaks out at all. 
and being in control of everybody's movements. You know, purchasing power, everything, every single thing you do, everything you think, everywhere you go, and you'll be giving out not only that, but biometric readings of your temperature, your heartbeat, you know, all of this sort of stuff, you know, like, um, you know, it, when, you, when you're standing in line, if you've, if you've even thought anything wrong and your heart's beating a little bit fast, your temperature goes up a little bit, they're going to pull you over. They're going to stop you. So you know, no thought, no free thought. Just be there with your gloves on, good little compliant drone. That's what the system will be like. And if you're not like that, well, they can take you away and they can trace you with everything. You know, all under the guise of keeping you safe from this pandemic. You know? And they're saying um, also now with this, this mystery disease that the children have, they're saying the children can display no symptoms but have the disease and be contagious and pass it on to somebody else you know, and, and they may not even test positive, you know? So, you know, how, how, are they, how is any of this working? You know, they've, they've put in this, this set of rules whereby they can just pluck anybody off the street they want. And with this tracing app, they can get anybody that person knows who may talk about it as well, you know, and know everywhere you've been, everything you've done. So it, it's, it's hideous. It's, it's the, you'd, have to have, you'd have to have a head full of rocks and just fall off the back of a turnip truck to put this tracing app on your phone. That's why I think so many people aren't, aren't doing it, which is why they want to bring in the vaccination because the vaccination will be the trace itself. It will be in the hydrogel, I suspect. It's going to be in the vaccination. And there's already vaccinations that were done in Africa and other places as well where they found nanotech in there, little nanomachines. You know, what's this doing in there? And the, WHO said, oh, we don't know. So, you know, that's stuff they're already doing. And that was a couple of years ago. So where are they going to be going with uh, this hydrogel and all of this genetic modification stuff that Dr. Kaufman's talking about? Um, you know, it becomes really apparent that that's what this has been about the whole time is the, is the social distancing and the vaccinations, you know, and the, the, the tracking of everybody. Now, even with the tracing app, it's kind of, just to get people used to when they get this vaccine, they're going to be hooked up anyway. You know, and a lot of people will ask for it. A lot of people will want to be hooked up to the mainframe. A lot of people will think it's going to make them safe. You know, <laughs> I don't know how anyone could, but um, yeah, the, the trace, the trace um, bill is, is absolutely insidious. If you read through it, um, it, it's not certainly not anything good. And all of this stuff is, is come out so quickly. And even with the COVID was it the CARES Act, the COVID action response, economic, whatever it is, uh, act that they put out? That was actually introduced in January 24th, 2019. And it went through a whole bunch of different things before it was actually brought into law, you know, I think um, March or April this year, 12 months later. But it was introduced and started the ball rolling, had to go through all those sessions have been tailored and sections voted on and stuff. It all started in January um, 2019 before anyone even heard of coronavirus. So, you know, if people don't think this hasn't all been part of the plan, well, it has. And that's what it's about, tracking everybody, um, tracking everybody, massive ours, keep everybody apart. That's how the trace app will work, you see, because, you know, if you've got to be two metres apart from everybody, well, they know if you're conspiring with someone because you went and talked to them. You know, and if all they've got to do is go and test you positive for COVID and then go and take away, you know, go to someone that, that you went and spoke to for a while and say, well, you know, this guy tested positive for COVID. So that means you, you broke the rules too. So we're going to have to take you away. Oh, look, you've tested positive for COVID as well. You know, so that puts the fear of ever talking to anybody in anybody in anybody's mind, you know. So 
you know, there's such a deep psychological play here. This is the biggest false flag, the biggest hoax, the biggest psyop they've ever pulled. And, and hopefully they've been too sloppy with it and there's too many people speaking out about it. And, and things like this, this trace bill and this tracing app and all the stuff they want you to do may hopefully cause the, uh, the penny to drop a little bit in people's minds again. You know, I think they're, they're moving a little bit too fast. But um, you know, we, we have to not, not abide by any of it, not, not go along with any of it and realise that any politicians that are supporting it, as I said, it, it's crimes against humanity. This isn't what we employ them to do. And this isn't about keeping anybody safe from any pandemic. All you've got to do is ask a doctor, even if the pandemic was real. None of this social distancing makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting when you mentioned there about the, the, the track and trace side of things, because if we take, for example, if you look at China now in the world, China China's a really interesting country because even two years ago prior to this, they already started this track and trace system where where people would be singled out uh, with social credit and things like that for for socializing with certain people. If you if you if you go on if you look at wrong information, you go on certain websites you'll be uh, jeopardized for that. So it's really interesting how over the last few years, China itself has already been coming at that state. It seems to be that's what they are trying to roll out here with the track and trace all amongst the rest of the rest of the countries. But what's really interesting before is when you were speaking about uh, the vaccination side of things, because I wanted to see your thoughts on to dive a little bit deeper into that, because as you know, Bill Gates is coming out, speaking about how he has sovereignty over our bodies and stuff, has more sovereignty than anyone else. What's your thoughts around that? Because even even if you asked any sort of leading doctor around the world, they would all speak about how the human body itself has a, a vast array of intelligence. And like I said before, the, the human body is full of different microbes that are constantly working for us. And it's just really interesting how how man believes that that we can create a vaccine that sort of can outwit nature and can outwit the human body. Yeah, I, I don't even think Bill Gates believes that himself, the, the stuff that he, he says. You know, I think he, he knows exactly what he's doing. I think it's all about creating this interface, this this neural link, if you will, getting everybody into the mainframe. I think he knows full well that viruses aren't real, that none of these vaccinations are real. Um, he's working on ways of genetic modification. He's a eugenicist. His parents were eugenicists. He He wants to modify the human race he doesn't want to help anybody he wants to modify the human race and he wants to be in control of where the human race is being led like it's his little ant farm that he can just run us and create whatever he wants and wow look what i did to them look what i'm playing here look what i made them into now he's a he's a full-blown psychopath so yeah I i don't believe any of his rhetoric that he says about vaccines and i don't think he he believes any of it either i think it's just all theater for the masses it's all just lip service you know, and it's all just you know, about finding ways to comply so that, get people to comply so that they can be modified under the excuse of protecting them from this pathogen. You know, it, it's a scam. It's the same way he, he ran Windows, you know. He, he created the, the viruses for Windows and then he sold the cures for the viruses that he created for Windows. And he realised it was a very profitable thing to do to create the cure and then create the virus. So... He's already created the vaccine. I mean, they're already working on this. That's why they're saying that you know, they've got to develop it. They've got to hold it back a little bit. They can't just suddenly come out with a vaccine. So they've got to spend a year or whatever and stretch it out as long as they can. Keep people, bring them into lockdown, out of lockdown, just, just gradually get them used to this new normal until it becomes complete full-on lockdown and a technocratic prison. 
but they've already had the vaccine would already be developed. They already know exactly what they're going to do with it. And it's all about modifying people's DNA and hooking them up to AI. That's what it's all about. That's what it's always been about. You know, this whole concept of needing to develop a vaccine, you know, and even um, uh, convincing people that they need to be tracked and traced everywhere they go to protect them. It's all just to lead them into what they want to lead you into. You know, even with the stuff that's coming out in England, they're talking about you know, options for increasing the adherence to social measuring you know, um, measures. They're saying the questions addressed. We've got, we've got general options. We've got option A, which is education uh, or persuasion or incentivization or coercion. You know, these are the ways to do it. You know, the, the options they got, but ultimately they want to do it. You know, so they can incentivize, give you little rewards if you do what you're told. You know, they can uh, educate you into just doing it this way, or they can coerce you into doing it if you're not going to do it. You know, ultimately that's what they intend to do. So, you know, it, it's not going to go away if we don't, uh, if we don't start pushing back. But, but it's important to understand, like Bill Gates, he's, he's, running, he's running a theatre show with all of this propaganda and all this lip service he offers to the world and all this philanthropy that he puts there. I mean, he, made, he paid people to make documentaries about himself to make himself look great to the world. He pays for people to have him interviewed on talk shows and have him on TED Talks and all this sort of stuff because he wants to present this type of image to the world so that he can come out there as the, the big saviour. You know, oh, gee, this pandemic erupted and seeing I'm so rich, I'm going to put all my money into trying to save humankind because I'm such a great guy. No, no, he's a eugenicist. He wants to depopulate the world. And that's what this has always been about. He wants to depopulate the world, poison them with vaccines, get rid of as many people as possible and track and chip and trace every single person who's left and control the whole lot. It's like a chess game for him. Wow, I win. I get the king of the castle and you're all my slaves. You know, that, that's what it's all about, brother. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's really interesting how you, um, how you were speaking there about the, the sense of the virus of, of how this, the creating this whole hysteria, because it seems like, it seems to me, I mean, if you do look at the pieces, you can start looking around and realizing that the hysteria and stuff that is being created is being created in a sense to to take away people's freedoms. Because the look at that, you, the more that you look at this conversation, if you if you take, for example, um, past situations like nine eleven, or even even if you go back in history, you know, like to, um, to so even the I mean, even in the book, the Art of War speaks about this, about how what you do in life is that you create if you can create a situation where you put people in a state of fear, you can do anything you want to them. You know, you can, you can make them sort of try and agree to certain things that they don't want to really do. And it's really interesting how the more that we do look at this whole general context of what's going on, more and more people's freedoms and uh, general freedoms are starting to be slowly um, took away. But like you said, it is, it is really interesting that more and more people are starting to, to sort of, to, to combat this with, with, with seeing that they're not having it and stuff like that. What would you say is, is a sort of a solution? I know it's sort of, no one really knows what the answer is, but is one of that, one of the solutions is that, is it sort of non-compliance? Do you think that we have to start sort of non-compliance towards the system? Absolutely. We do like, you know, with what they're doing to these schoolyards and what they're going to do to the school kids, there's no way you should be putting your kids into those schools. It's time to start homeschooling your kids or form your own community schools. If politicians are saying that you can't and your kids need to be segregated, well, that, that's, a, that's an abusive office. That's psychological abuse. This is, like I said, it's a crime against humanity. You know, these people are enacting powers that we don't delegate for them to have. And if they're going to push it, then they need to be removed. You need to express a loss of confidence in your government and take whatever steps you need to take to have them dismissed. And if the legal system won't do it, 
then form grand juries and do it yourselves if it comes down to it. You know, and the police need to break ranks and, and you know, start looking at this as well. And they need to, um, they need to um, um, you know, start pushing back and, and realise that they stand with the people. Once they take their uniforms off, they stand with the people. So, you know, there's no, no reason for them to be doing any of this. So that's, that's the stand that we've got to take. That's the stance we've got to take. It's got to be um, a big pushback from the people complete non-compliance to any of this stuff. You know, I make sure not to follow social distancing rules when I go out. You know, if people want their space, hey, I'll give them their space. But, you know, if they're happy to shake hands or happy with me coming close, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and give them a hug or shake hands or whatever. You know, and I just don't comply with any of it. And I don't think any of it's legal. And I think that if we were to, you know, really stand up to it, we'd find that we've got, you know, a lot more even legal standing than they have. Yeah, being told to wear a face mask, you can't enter the store if you don't have a face mask. Well, I'm telling you that face masks actually cause sickness. And if the government and you are claiming that I need to wear one and you've legislated that I must wear a mask that is going to cause me to be sick because you believe it's going to keep me safe or keep you safe, then I require you to provide me with proof of claim that this mask is doing anything other than damaging my immune system because I prefer to take the word of a doctor over you. So if you're gonna you're gonna deny me access to this store, I provide you. I require you to give me proof of your claim right now. Can you do that? And you know, start having conversations like that with people. Push back, folks. You know, don't wear these masks. Don't muzzle yourself because that's what they are. You know, we've got to push back in every way, shape, or form. Ask questions at every possible occasion. If they're saying you can't use cash in this store, then don't shop there. If you're saying you need an app on your phone to enter the store, then don't shop there and throw away your phone. Throw away your smartphone. That's the first thing I recommend everybody do is throw away their smartphone. I've had that at the bottom of every video clip I've released in the last 12 years. Throw away your smartphone. You know, the smartphone is the new world order. So it's the device they're using to track and trace you. If, they, if you didn't have that, then they wouldn't have been able to do any of this to begin with. If they hadn't got people so dependent upon these things. So, you know, there is lots of things we can do. You know, unite with your community, spread as much information as you can and say no. You know, all this stuff they put in place, it's not, it's not law, it's not legislation, it's just rules. You know, none of it's gone through parliament, none of it's been through ratified. They've done all of this, really rushed it through. It's just rules and you don't always have to follow the rules, not unless you're actually part of that club. So you stop being part of the club. It's, yeah, definitely. It's really interesting how they're actually, if you really do think about it, they're actually trying to um psychologically actually make the people themselves enforce this whole system themselves because really the only people who really are enforcing this is our compliance in it that's the only that's when you when you realize that that it's your compliance that holds up the holds up many different systems not just this whole pandemic system but the mo most of the things that we live in our lives it's actually the people's compliance that holds it up but i definitely do feel that it is clear to see what is going on doesn't add up and i, I do feel that when you do start to see that you've got to sort of use that as fuel to sort of ask yourself, um, what world do we want to create? What, what, what world do we want to create and what world do we want to live in? But I, I'm, I'm definitely with you, Max. I really do feel that we need to start, we need to stop externalizing our power and start internalizing it. And I do feel that when more people do start realizing that we, are, we do have the power and the power has always been with us, I think that's when the game changer, in you, especially from your own life, when you start realizing that, I think that's when, it, when you really do start realizing. Yeah, I hope so. I hope people do. You know, I think it's time that they do. And like you say, I'm seeing more and more of it. And I think, you know, there will be a pushback. I don't think too many people are going to um, stand for this. Once they see what's happening to their kids, 
I don't think too many people are going to be pushing their kids back into school if the school's going to be like this. So I think, you know, adults will take a certain amount of abuse and, you know, many of them will simply become complacent with it. But when it starts uh, coming for their children, I think we'll start seeing a few people arcing up over this. So that should be a bit of a focus. You know, what, what the, what's actually being done to the children through this, the psychological damage that's being done to them, the fear of, of, of other people and the fear of touching and, and the fear of, of just being a child, you know, and fear is the real pandemic. Fear is the, the big killer through all of this. So yeah, put that down and the whole, the whole thing goes away. So I think there's a lesson in that too. Yeah, we'll leave it there, brother. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. I really, really do appreciate it. And next time in the future, we'll have to do this in person. Hopefully, if we can, hopefully we can. <laughs> well, you know, see how it goes, brother. I don't know how much traveling I'm going to be doing. Uh, if if this is the, the nature of, of travel, I'm certainly not going to be putting myself through that. So we'll see where it goes. If we can turn this around, then I'll, I'll see you definitely. Yeah. Otherwise, well, we'll just we'll just see what happens. But but thanks for having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, brother. Um, before you go, Max, as well, I want to say thank you so much. And in the future, hopefully we can do this in person. I would love to do it in person in the future. It's much better doing it, having conversations in person. I see that's the thing as well. Just that that's the thing that that's what we have to fight for in life. I really do feel like we have to fight for that, that essence of doing things more in person, you know, because I know obviously we're using, we're using uh, Zoom now to have this conversation. But I think we have to fight for we have to fight for them things, them little things in life. Because for for even for me, for example, when I do these podcasts, I normally do them in person. And the the human element that the things that are going on are are, are so rich and they're much more sort of rich than just doing a conversation over Zoom or Skype. And I think yeah. that we have to fight for them little things in life. I really do. Absolutely, we do. They're the things that make life worthwhile. The things that make life life. Yeah, human interaction is what life is, and we need more of it. I mean, it's good we can do this, but yeah, in person is far, far better always. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. We'll catch up. Yeah, 100%. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks so much for listening to that podcast. As you could tell, Max definitely did not hold anything back on that one. He went full guns blazing. I love that. I, lo- I really love that about Max. He really does just dive straight into the deep end. Really, there really is, I know a lot of you guys might be listening to that podcast and you might not agree with everything what Max was saying and that is absolutely fine. But the whole point of that conversation was to to bring you a completely different perspective. Max is a, is a really good researcher. He's predicted a lot of stuff in the past and got a lot of things right. And it's clear to see, guys, what is going on doesn't quite add up. The narrative that we are being told from my perspective, and that is only my perspective only, is that it definitely doesn't seem to be adding up in my opinion all this social distancing stuff to me is really um we really have to ask ourselves like i mentioned in many observe my thoughts ago we have to ask ourselves how far are you willing to go as a civilization in the name of supposed safety and also as well as you know guys a lot of stuff around that doesn't add up so we just really have i do feel that we are in a we do have to sort of stand up for what we believe in at the moment we are in a crucial stage of of everything this podcast has been fighting for and what I've been trying to put out in the world. But I know I know that I know truth and good will always prevail. It is doing it now and that is what is happening now really. This is just all these all these conversations that are going on and all the censorship of information and how many more people are how many people around the world are questioning this the certain narrative is just all a part of the awakening guys. It really is and I promise you that. So I'm going to keep up this fight anyway, guys. I always will. And like I said, over the next couple of days, 
I'm going to be bringing you some alternative conversations. I have a couple of doctors coming on the podcast. Hopefully have Andrew uh, Kaufman coming on the podcast. Also have a couple of other people coming on anyway. So check out, keep an eye out for them in a few days' time. If you can, guys, check out the Patreon page or the one-off donation option, as always. And wherever you are in the world, keep seeking. Peace out.